0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to season four of the Ride On Track podcast. We are here with brand new sounds, brand new talks, covering everything Thomas the Tank Engine and the Railway Series. I'm excited. It's going to be be an awesome season. (laughs) I'm Connor Jonas, and I'm not joined alone. I'm joined here with my two wonderful companions... Tom Parry. And Tom Denham. Yes. And we have now moved from Season 3 of Thomas, well, Series 3, to Series 4, where we're introduced to the little boys. Not the small boys, the little boys. Little boys. Little boys. Yeah. That will
1: probably sound very questionable for anyone who's not a Thomas fan listening
0: (laughs) Uh, Let us Let us clarify. Uh, In Series 4 of Thomas, it's a bit of a hodgepodge of episodes... The first half is a lot of narrow-gauge engines, which are normal trains except smaller. And then you have uh, some Stepney episodes that cover a whole bunch about a real-life heritage engine. And then afterwards, you have a whole bunch of episodes and other railway series stories that were never brought up or broadcasted before Mm. and... It just is a bit of a mess near the end, but... We'll get to that. We get to that. In seven or eight episodes time, yes. In in seven, probably about six or seven episodes time. We'll
2: get to it. We'll We'll, get to it, to it in the end. But we are very excited to bring you the fourth season of Rise on Track. And before we get into the episodes or stories we'll be discussing today, first of all, fellas, general observations of season four. What were our thoughts of it growing up? General impressions... It is beautiful. Mm. It is. It, I, I would
0: say it's it. Pretty. It has got some of the most stunning imagery of the entire. I would even say, like,
1: collection of Thomas episodes.
2: No, that's true. It has the best sec- set decoration of any Thomas the Tank Engine season.
1: Some of the best characterization as well. I reckon mm, too. But the funny thing
2: is, I didn't really appreciate it much as a child because. Most of the episodes were centred around those narrow-gauge engines. Yes, yes. And, yeah, what I wanted to see was Thomas and Percy and James and Henry and all those characters. But but now you sort of understand Mm. that there
0: is more to the world and we have got some brilliant things. But, you you know, a few episodes ago we had Bo on for the first time. That we did. He was a guest host with us. And then... Two episodes ago, we had uh, the Iron Engine with us. A.K.A. Riley. Yes, Riley, uh, which was brilliant. You guys seem to really like the idea of having other guest hosts with us. So we are very pleased to have in the studio with us today, uh, AP, or as he is known on the rest of the internet, Aussie Prickles or Aussie Prick or Tasty Prickles.
3: (laughs) G'day, g'day. G'day, g'day. (laughs) Welcome.
2: We need to address something, first of all, AP. Uh, Mm -hmm. You are alive. You are a living entity.
3: Yeah the uh, the um, questions of my death have been greatly exa- exa- exaggerated. There.
0: Exaggerated. <laughs> yes, that that stutter isn't your zombified self coming out. No. So so that's
2: his way of saying he's not a robot, basically.
0: No,
3: I'm not a cardboard cutout, guys. I am a real boy. <laughs>
0: yes,
1: Maybe.
0: yes, yes. And and ju- just to prove so, um, hi. See he's real.
1: <laughs> 100% <laughs> authentic.
2: Brilliant. This is not pre-recorded. Mm. Now AP, I did want to ask you, mm-hmm. why did you want to jump in specifically on the stories we're going to discuss today?
3: I think well, personally I grew up entirely within Season 4's run. So mm-hmm. I was a I was pretty much young kid in my to- in to- yeah as a toddler, mm-hmm. you know. On, on the ground, full of hurdles. Mm. I remember these episodes incredibly well. My mother can attest to the point that uh, uh, she pretty much remembers pre- all the lines from uh, Michelangelo. Wow. From that season. Wow. She doesn't like it, but... Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And so you grew up with season four.
3: Yeah, captive audience there. You,
0: you mm-hmm. Captive audience, mm-hmm. um, much like Smudger in the end, but we'll get to that. And... Ooh. <laughs> big oof. And... I, like, just a few ground questions. Uh, what was your first sort of get into, Thomas?
3: Probably be my, um, as I said, my hurdles and probably the pre-recordings that Mum made of uh, series one and two. So. Just
0: pre-recordings on the VHS TV? Yeah,
3: yeah, on the VHS. Yes. Like, the, the you know, your classic sort of buy from the, the, two, the discount store sort yeah, of VHS. Yeah, you put them
0: in, it's on TV, and you just record. Slightly
3: crackly, you know.
0: Yes. I love that magical quality. There's nostalgia
1: mm. quality to that.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm.
0: Next question. hmm Favourite season? <sighs> That's I know, tough. I know. There's a lot. Okay, favorite classic season.
3: Well, it, it's season four. Uh, it has to be not not because of the podcast, but yeah, just because I grew up with it. Probably second would probably be season three. Season three. Yeah, yeah. The the early Angelus era just really yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it cool. really rings with you. Mm-hm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and final question. I'm ooh. I, I was going to ask favorite engine, but there's so many to pick from. So unless you're you able to give me an answer there. You
3: can't pick favourites but Henry. Henry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Big green. Bro, man, Henry man. man, yeah. Big green dork. I love him. Okay, yeah. actually
0: I do I do have one more question. hmm Steamies or diesels? <laughs> Pneumatic? I don't
3: know. <laughs> 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 uh, it has Henry. to be steam engines, easily. <laughs>
0: And with that, we move into our first episode of today. But what are all the episodes we're covering today?
2: Yeah, So the four episodes we're going to be covering today are Grandpa, Sleeping Beauty, Bulldog and You Can't Win, which are all adapted from Reverend Audrey's 25th book in the Railway series, which is Duke the Lost Engine, first published in
0: 1970. Mm. Who's Duke, this lost engine?
2: Well, if we listen to the clip just here, Connor, we'll find out that very question.
5: There were three little engines who lived in their own little shed on their own little railway. Their names were Duke, Stuart and Falcon. Duke was the oldest and named after his grace the Duke of Sodor. He was proud of this and loved to keep the little engines in order. Whenever they did anything that Duke thought wrong, he would say, that would never suit his grace. Other engines came and went, but Duke outlasted them all. Stuart and Falcon used to call him Grandpa.
4: They were fond of him, but
5: they got very tired of hearing all about his grace. Sometimes they would tease him and chant, "Engines come, engines go. Grandpuff goes on forever." Bullies. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Impudent scallywags. This here is just the perfect introduction to season four. I feel, but it doesn't actually begin this way. No. Because at the beginning of Grand Path, it's the mainline engines, the big engines, shall we say, in Tidmouth Sheds, and Thomas is telling them a story which his driver in turn told him about Duke, who worked the Sodor Railways many, many years ago. Yes, the Mid Sodor Railway, or the Sodor Midland
0: Railway, it goes by a few different names. Mustachio
1: mm. knows a lot. Yeah. Oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um... Yes, uh, Grandpuff is essentially a story that Thomas tells all the engines in the shed late one night um, about Duke, the lost engine, and he tells the story of Falcon and Stuart and sort of their story. Like it's really just the entire episode is an introduction to this episode, well, this season. going, there are smaller Mm. engines Mm. and here's what they need to
2: deal with. And I think they really have to do that because Mm. if you just begin this series by talking about Duke and Stuart and Falcon, or Falcon as they call him, Mm. then, yeah, a lot of younger viewers are going to be lost. Yes. Mm.
0: And I I think that we should also say something for modern viewers of the show. When we say Stuart and Falcon, we mean Peter, Sam and Sir Handel.
1: Mm. Yes, they did go by different names in a... Earlier time.
0: Yes, once a long, to- long time ago, on an island far, far away,
1: the island was surrounded by beautiful, beautiful. Oh, no, 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 no,
4: no,
3: no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no Okay, so going back to ours... I, li- I like that mutual... <laughs> I don't <no>. trust him. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't trust like that, no. <laughs> um,
0: but, but yes, this it's a bit hard to describe
2: this story because not much really happens.
4: In, in fact...
2: No, that, that's a fair point, I yeah. think, because between the setting up, the introducing, and then the little anecdote they have at the end there, it's actually quite a short story, and they have stretched it out but they've done it in the most beautiful way possible. We've got the music of what has come to be known as the scar railway theme. Yes. And then we've got all that beautiful scenery. And uh, AP was mentioning off-air as well how the smaller models, they actually cast, like, like bigger shadows. Mm. And there's all these, like... It looks like sunset shots, essentially, yeah, what they've does. done with the lighting. And
3: it's just gorgeous. The entire thing, it's... To begin Mind with, blowing. the um the, the, the scene change between Thomas telling the other engines the story about Duke and it switching to this beautiful sunset, there's a massive there's this huge cultural sort of change between the big railway and the small railway particularly even within the season of Thomas telling the story. Yeah, so yeah. there's
2: a different colour palette we see. So mm. we've obviously got the night scene where it's sort of like bluish, greyish. Yeah, grayish. blues,
0: greys. And then we even have not the really nice industrial mm. Tidmouth, but we have the more like scaffolded mm. Tidmouth that we
2: see in uh, Henry's Forest. If you've mm. seen Greta Gerwig's Little Women, it's sort of similar to what they do there. And yeah. if you haven't seen Greta Gerwig's Little good Women, contrast, see Greta Gerwig's <laughs> Little Women. <laughs> no, but women. seriously, that is an awesome movie. I know this yeah. is completely off topic, but if you haven't seen that movie, go and see it. It is amazing. I yes. can. Yeah. name
0: but, drop. Yeah, <laughs> it moves from the blues and greys to then the warm tones of the greens and the yellows mm. and oranges. Sometimes, literally, of. Season four, the little narrow-gauge engines.
1: This is one of my favourite aesthetics of all of Thomas. You go from, as you said, this like very greyish industrial place Mm. to what kind of seems like a faraway magical land literally in another time. And I think that really throws the audience into deep waters. And the episode kind of has to do what Thomas and Gordon did so many years ago... Mm. Um, and re-establish uh, new characters, build their roots, and then build a story that's strong enough for l- viewers to hold on to. And I think that's why they leave the cliffhanger as and, well. And
0: and, and it, it's interesting because you mentioned the cliffhanger, which is very series one and two. Yes, mm, really. very.
4: Mm.
1: But
0: what they do is they play a bit of Inception mm. because um, this is a narrator narrated, Thomas narrated, Duke narrated story. Yes, it is. So,
4: uh,
0: the narrator is narrating a Thomas episode. Mm -hmm. Thomas is narrating the story of Duke and the Little Engines. Then Duke narrates
2: a story of Smudger,
0: which is sort of the, I guess, the central point of the episode. Yeah, so that's
2: really the the takeaway message, I guess, that everybody, or rather um, Reverend Audrey and the show writers wanted to put forward. It's this idea that... If you do as you're told, if you behave, you work hard, you will be rewarded, and if not, you'll be turned into a boiler at the back of the engine shed. That's his th- right. Th- this, okay, so <laughs> we should probably elaborate on this more. So Duke is telling Stuart and Falcon the story of Smudger, who is basically a bucking bronco. Yeah, and, and he's yeah. got
0: this weird American accent. Who was proud of fuel spills,
2: Duke? I do. Uh, as I was saying... <laughs> So, yeah, he comes off the rails one too many times, he ignores the advice of Duke, and the controller eventually has him turned into a boiler. Where he'll finally be useful. And he sits idly behind the engine shed. This is like Henry being locked in a tunnel, levels of macabre we're witnessing here.
1: But eternal.
2: But eternal, (laughs) yes.
1: Mm.
0: Like, like he's not actually being useless, he's being useful Mm. as a uh, generator pump. Um, which is interesting because it is based on a true event. In fact, this entire thing is, and I'll sort of go into that now because yes, no time at like present. So uh, what is really interesting about the entire narrow gauge scene is that it is based off of two real-life narrow gauge railways. The, the Finistog Railway. Um, do you have the, that slightly wrong. Oh, the the, the, the Fistinyog. No, 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 it's the
2: Fistinyog. The Festinyog. It's the Festinyog railway. It's, it's the two Fs it's, and the. Uh, I've been there. I know. Have okay. you? Yes, I've actually been on the railway. It's Welsh.
3: I do. I do love Welsh. A double L is a C. I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and,
2: and as you say,
3: the double L is a C.
2: We've got the
0: um, Teleclin, The Talyllyn. Talyllyn. But it's got two L's in it.
2: Talyllyn. Okay. Talyllyn railway. It's like Farquhar Anyways, the, these are two
1: railways. It's fun watching them squabble.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can probably uh, do that longest station in Wales, but uh, I'm going to butcher it. So oh, yeah, yeah. Can not. we give it a go? You sure? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I'm very sorry for all the Welsh listening to this. <laughs> um <clears throat> That is excellent. That's, That's amazing. Excellent. If that is wrong, I'm very sorry.
2: I, <laughs> I, I don't care. You didn't stutter. No, actually, you mentioned the Tallinn Railway there. One of our fans and faithful listeners, uh, yes. Matthew, he's actually a employee on the Tallinn Railway. He is, yeah. 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 And it was in the news not too long ago because they were offering free rides to stranded bus passengers who couldn't get
1: through on due to roadworks. Now, that there's an idea for, like, a Thomas story. That's an
2: excellent Thomas story.
0: A
3: train replacement... uh, Mm. A bus replacement train service. Yes, (laughs) Yes,
0: which actually actually is another real thing where a road Mm. was being repaired somewhere Mm. in Wales. Mm. They had this tiny little heritage, like, gimmicky, like, miniature railway that actually... So, like, a very tiny one. Oh, yeah, very tiny. Yeah. Was then the replacement service between these two towns. Whoa. There's a Tom Scott video online about mm-hmm. it. He's a brilliant UK guy who has all these weird facts. Anyways, we're getting off topic. Yeah, so there are Grandpa. these two Welsh-based railways. So you
2: mentioned the Festignog. Now, yep. Duke is actually based off of Prince, yes. who is their like, yep. big engine there, on the railway. yes
0: Prince, uh, who is, I believe, like an
2: Edwards-class 40 O T T. No, no, you've got that wrong. He's a 440...
3: No, no, no. No, O4A. no, sorry. No, beg your pardon. So, Edward yeah. is yeah, a 4408.
2: He's an O four. Yeah, no, no, sorry. no, but
0: he's an Ed, like, his name, his class name.
3: I thought it was, like, King George or something like that. King yeah. Edward's
0: class, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you guys can correct us on it, but he's based mm. on Prince, who's yeah. an engine there, and he's also got, like, a few other cousins there, mm. such as Palmerstone and so on, which is where Smudger comes in. Mm. Because Palmerstone, this other engine, the Festininiog, Festinjog. Yep, railway, uh, during the 1950s, was turned into a stationary boiler, which is where Smudger comes in. Mm. And then I believe that... um, So Stuart, or Peter Sam, is based on the uh, Edward Thomas, who I believe used to work on the Festinjog railway,
3: Oh no no it's no? Uh, the Chorus Railway
0: the Chorus Railway yeah. thank you that's
3: our that's our third railway yeah um, third. this is the closed down one
0: yes the Chorus Railway along with uh, Falcon or Sir Handel's basis Sir Hayden so they worked at the Chorus Railway where it was then abandoned then they moved to the Tulliallan Railway mm-hmm. which is then where a whole bunch of other narrow gauge characters that we are yet to see comes in.
2: You mentioned before Smudger as well Yes, in this series. So, yeah, a couple of uh, little tidbits there. Um, He was originally called Stanley in the book. Or uh, number two. Or number two in the book, which is is based. And also he is the exact same engine class slash type as Reneus. Which is a narrow-gauge engine
0: that we are to be introduced to later in the series. Yeah, so
2: essentially in the episode here, it's just uh, Reneus except painted green and with a different face. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. Mm. Pretty much. And We've covered a lot there, haven't we? <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Don't worry.
3: <laughs> Get around <I'm>, that. <laughs> Lots to unpack, guys.
0: There's more. Whoa. So... Stuart, a.k.a. Peter Sam, a.k.a. bassist Edward Thomas, a.k.a. number four of the Talilin Railway, is named after his designers of Kerr, Stewart and Co. And then when he was later renamed as Peter Sam in the Railway Series TV series, he was renamed after the controller of the Scar Railway. <sighs> Meanwhile, Falcon or Talilin Railway number three, Sir Haynor previous Chorus Railway owner, was named after the Falcon Works where he was built and then he was later named Sir Handle after a previous... Owner of the Scarlowy Railway.
3: Good. We should have made this a quick fire round.
0: And then Duke is named
2: after the Duke of Sodor. He's Grace the Duke
0: of Sodor. He's Grace the Thank Duke of Sodor. Which of in the current TV
2: show is Sir Robert Norenby. Okay. Uh, okay, so. <laughs>
4: Again. <laughs> yeah. we,
2: we've covered a lot so far, and the story is not over because after we're introduced to these three characters and we're told the story of Smudger. We then find out that Duke's railway fell on hard times and Stuart and Falcon were bought by other owners, sent to another railway, but they couldn't find an owner for Duke because he was too old. So what they do is they oil and grease him one last time, place him in the shed. Close the doors. Close the door. And he's just left asleep there, quite happily, and... Then there's this spectacular sequence we see afterwards of the rains washing the soil and the grass of down... actual water. Yeah, on top of Duke's shed Uh-oh. and him being buried under all these plants well, and his shrubs. Well, he shed. He's completely fine. He's gone. He, he's oblivious to it. And then that is where the narrator, Thomas the Tank Engine, ends the story and Percy goes, that is not a happy ending.
0: It is not. No. Like, like this episode, I feel if... Whenever I go to someone in real life, yeah, I'm a fan of Thomas. I'm mm. open about it. I don't parade it around. But mm. if they ask what I'm interested in I say Thomas. Mm. Um, then they go, really? That's weird. That's weird. I go, well, it's actually really quite dark at times. Mm. And I use Grand Puff, this mm. episode.
1: Oh, good call. As an example.
0: <laughs> because it has got really dark themes in it. And then there's also added details such as, you know, um, Duke's driver, I believe, was an Air Force pilot in the Second World War and died there.
4: Ooh. And then I'm
0: pretty sure the actual then grandson of him came to see Duke afterwards and didn't want anything to do with him. And Duke thought that his grandson was his old driver. Whoa! Like, 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 there's a lot
2: of old text here. Yeah, you mm. mentioned they're like, sort of like making, or essentially talking up Thomas. as this really quite dark at times? Show, oh, yeah. You know, whenever I tell anybody about the Rise on Track podcast and my love of Thomas the Tank Engine, they always
1: seem to bring up Henry being locked in the tunnel. That's a common one. Yes, it's mm. a commonality. Because it, it's funny, like, a lot of people don't remember the ending of that story mm. and that Wilbur Audrey had to write a happy ending to that story. Mm. But, like, there are so many stories like this and the sad story of Henry and others that are so, like, oftenly referred to as, like, the dark stories and why Thomas has to be happy, glossy in CGI now. Or
0: mm. well, it's like the the true apocalyptic world and they go the totalitarian system of Sir Topham Hat.
4: Well I mean, it's, it's, it's
2: not really that totalitarian I mean it's a very simple you know if you do the right thing, you get rewarded if you, it's a if company you do, if you do the wrong thing, you get punished.
3: Mm. it's totalitarian in the name of the guardian and every Karen out there, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> Karen, but
0: who's Karen? Oh, uh, the, the person who's K- always asking to see the manager. Karen's
3: a lifestyle
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> It's
3: yeah. a way of
2: life. <laughs> and if there are any Karens listening, we do apologise
0: We profusely. do apologise. Hi, don't, Karen.
3: Spe- don't speak to my manager, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like, this episode, it, it's weird because you start with this story of Thomas and the other engines. Then you go to this story of Duke and Stuart and Falcon going, They're little engines on a little, you know, railway, and they're cute and small, and they work, except, you know, Grandpuff, he's old, and he outlives them all, and Falcon and Stuart, they're troublemakers. And then Duke's like, here's a story for you, and then he tells the story of smudger, and then it gradually goes back out again. And there's so much time setting up and debriefing each of the, like, sort of events
2: of all, I'm pretty sure that the smudger story is less than a minute. It is less than a minute. I mean, they cram so much into this five-minute story. They do. And, and and it doesn't feel like it's rushed or that there's too much information. Mm. It's brilliant. And can we reiterate, this is a two-parter. Yes.
1: We haven't had that since, like... Season two. two.
0: Yeah. Or, or season three, if you include Percy
2: Takes the Plunge, Percy's Promise.
0: Yeah, That's a very loose... Oh, well, I, yeah.
4: I,
2: I, um, I, I guess you could also argue that Oliver's story arc, that was kind of like... Yes. Yeah, so in a way... But the thing is, it isn't left on a cliffhanger. That's true. It, it's yeah. in a way yeah. of,
0: he now works happily, and the next one is, hey, he's working happy. Here he is. But this one is, this engine is trapped. It's like... But that's not how it, But they actually go. Ah, but there's more to the story.
1: And what I love about that last bit of dialogue is Percy's cynicism comes out that we yes. saw it all at sea. And mm. he goes, I never thought there was a beyond. We see that side of Percy again. Ah, little Percy.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, so before we get into the second part of this story, we should get on to the ratings. For I've got more details. Grandpa, oh, f-
4: no. okay, go for oh, okay. it then. <laughs> Fine.
1: Okay, son.
0: Grandpuff, the thanks, Dad. Grandpuff, <laughs> the name that's given to Duke in this story was actually the nickname given to uh, the wonderful Reverend Wilbert Audrey by his grandkids, who used to really uh, say that the pipe they used to smoke out of. Was the puffing, and then mm. he was the grandpa, so he was Grand Puff, and that was the name that then went to Duke. Smudger is the first TV series exclusive character, and um, Stuart and Falcon, whilst they were sold at the end of this episode, they actually went to their aluminium or aluminium works on the Peel Godred line, uh, which is near where the Colt-Fell Railway is in railway series terms, and we really need to see that. Please, someone at Mattel, add in. Them. We really All do go. need to
2: see those stories.
0: Or,
3: or one of our third, third parties out there, you know. There's a whole bunch of Aluminum Works sort of style stories you can do. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Wink, and, wink. And, and. Nudge, nudge. nudge. Uh, <laughs> final
0: thing, final little detail, I feel. You see a lot of narrow gauge engines in this episode. You don't just see Stuart, Falcon and Duke.
1: I have a theory. I love these theories. I have a theory that... Mm. These stories, if you can sweat Thomas for a moment, that all of these stories have been hearkened back in the mind's eye of Peter Sam and Sir Handel, them having been working on the Scarlowy Railway. Remember the other engines who they don't really know as engines who they know on the Scarlowy Railway. And that kind of works as a facade, as where their memory blanks or cheats.
4: Right.
3: Alternatively, another theory, because it's Thomas telling the story, what other narrow-gauge engines has Thomas seen? Yeah. Very true. Mm. And and
0: on that note, you do see a lot of narrow-gauge engines in this episode, but you never see their faces. Mm. And that's Mm -hmm. because these are supposed to be characters that you do not know yet, and they're yet to be introduced. I
2: like to think of this story as not so much a retelling, but as sort of a legend. Yeah. Either. Folklore. Folklore, Folklore. And, yes. And, and
0: that brings up a question for me. The story of smudger that Duke told Stuart and Falcon, is it true? I don't think it is. Because the, it
1: is Do you reckon he's pulling a Godred? Mm, mm.
0: Yes. So mm. uh, yeah, that that's interesting there.
1: Uh, Do you want to reiterate on that? So in the book Mountain Engines, uh, Coldy tells uh, Sir Handel and Duncan a story about um, Godred who was a bad lookout. He didn't look where he was going. He went too fast, fell off a mountainside, and they said, we don't have the parts to fix you. So they took him away piece by piece to mend all the other engines until it was just his face there.
0: Yeah, and then at the end of the book, uh, Cody goes to, like, Skylo is like, yeah, I just sort of made it up. Mm. It's alluded to, roughly. Mm. Um, but then it's later confirmed to be canon, which is a bit contradictory, but it was there to make it sound good. But the thing is, is that a lot of people want the story to be true, as do I, because they will be looking through, like, images of... The sheds um, that Smudger was supposedly stored behind. And they'll go, is that little thing there his funnel? Or is he missing now? Like, where is he? What's happened to him? Um, others say that um, the mines closed uh, in lore of the railway series and TV series, and so on, because they got flooded because their generator broke. So some people say that Smudger was that generator.
1: Did he drown?
0: Most likely not, because the pump would need to be up. Oh, true. So, so, (laughs) you got dark there. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of this is like word vomit coming out right now. Mm. But there is a lot of legend and detail surrounding this one episode, which then you'll be thankful is the rankings now.
3: Yes, rankings. Okay, <laughs> the I, other the... legend of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: being on track.
0: We have mm. a
3: reputation.
2: <laughs> I, I really want to give out my score this one. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten because I think apart from like the book ending, which I think doesn't really flow with the rest of the story, um, yeah, it's just brilliant. I mean, visuals, music, uh, character developments. There's a bit of humor in there as well. Those spectacular effects at the end with the dirt just washing over the shed. It, it's beautiful, brilliant. Yeah, um, I I couldn't
0: agree with you more. When when I was re-watching this episode to get my notes and so on for this pod, I, like, got literal shivers and Mm. so on throughout Mm. it because, like, the music, it hits so well and the backdrops painted by Gold Gulliers, Mm. oh, they're to die for. So I'm going to give it a nine as well.
1: Denim. Yeah, from a cinematic point of view, this, like... This episode kind of launches off a mile from where we left series three, and we were praising that already. Oh Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. I think
0: um, so. We're adjusting all our scores (laughs) now. That wherever we (laughs) give series four, pretty much, add like five. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much.
1: Yeah. There's a lot to really enjoy about it. There's a lot of really interesting characterization of Duke, Falcon, and Stuart and Smudger. And of the other engines who are listening to this as well, it's interesting that Thomas's driver is the one who tells the legend of Duke and the other engines. But I really love that they kind of leave this on a end of a one part, and you need to watch the other part to find out. So for that reason,
3: I'm going to give it a nine point five.
2: All right, AP, as our special guest, what are you going to give this episode out of 10?
3: I don't know. I think I'm going to be a little bit of a hard-ass on this one. Ooh. Just a smidge. Just, just a smidge. smidge. Just because a smudge. I know, just a smudger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, look, here's the thing. It's a really great episode. Don't get me wrong. But what we're coming up for in the next three, I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. Only because I know that I'm going to give the other three probably a higher score, so okay. it's probably going to ruin it for you guys. But uh, oh well,
2: um, wouldn't it be the first time that someone's I, ruined something for us. Yeah, no, by my
3: name, I don't care, guys. <laughs> Just kidding, I really care.
2: All right, so that was Grandpa. Now let's move on to the second story of season four and the second part of our tale, which is Sleeping Beauty.
5: Years went by, until one day not long ago, visitors came to see the fat controller. We want to find Juke, they said, and make him happy again. Maps lay everywhere. If we follow the old line shown here on the map, they said, we'll travel north of the village and then into the mountains. And look, there's a sign for the old station. If Juke's anywhere, he's there. Everyone set off to the mountains far away. The days went by and the search grew harder, but the rescuers wouldn't give up. Let's go this way, they said. But there was still no sign of Duke. Here, somewhere, he said. They scrambled over hills and struggled over ditches. At last, their search ended. Quite by accident.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quite by accident. (laughs) Oh, that was just beautiful. I could watch that particular scene on a loop. All day. I mean, you've got the music there, which is the mm. post-train theme, actually. Yes, it is. We said in originally when we reviewed that story, it was never heard again, but we were wrong. There, there we are. For yeah. a very
1: different use as well.
2: Mm. Mm. For a very yes. different use indeed. And there's all these beautiful shots of the scenery, as we mentioned. Um, what we haven't mentioned, though, is that a lot of the scenery of the Scarlow Railway is inspired by Wales, no less. Yes. So the very place where these other engines... Are come from. The the engines that... The inspiration came from. Thank you, that's the phrase I wanted. That's the ticket. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yes, uh, And most of the episode is exactly that. So we start with uh, Thomas talking to all his friends, basically recapping part one of the story. Then they get into the nitty-gritty which is years going by, Mm -hmm. and a group of people trying to find Duke, as we heard in the clip just then. And what you heard at the end was a gentleman falling through the roof, which is now, remember, covered by grass and shrubs, and happening upon Duke. And Duke's first response is, Who are you? Are you a vandal? (laughs) My driver said vandal's breaking smash there.
1: The dialogue in this episode is beautiful as well, and I love that's the thirst thing he says as well.
0: (laughs) Not oh, He is very much Duke. And the thing is, is that... This story is called Sleeping Beauty, which is named after the fairy tale of our princess who slept for hundreds of years. It's
2: very much a fairy tale story,
0: isn't it? It mm-hmm. is. And what, one of my favourite shots is the one just when the man has landed on Duke's boiler. And you get this shot of Duke looking up and you can see the shed and it is covered
3: in cobwebs I don't and know dust. How, I
2: don't know how. I mean, I didn't think spiders were a problem on
1: Sodor. Yes. And they are now. Yes. <laughs> I'm not living there.
3: <laughs> Minton and the rest of the
0: yeah, crew yeah, did yeah, such a
3: good yeah. job on some of the
1: props. Oh, there. they did
3: absolutely. It, it is
0: marvellous. And like the thing is, is that Duke, he obviously is most likely worse for wear. Like mm. he's been left derelict for probably about thirty or so odd years. Oh, more than that, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, it is. He has been left abandoned. His place is now all overgrown, destroyed. And the thing is, is it's now ripped up and replaced with a different railway, actually. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm. Yeah. Um. In the railway series, the replaced railway is the Arlesdale Railway, where the wee little engines live. Mm-hmm. So that's
2: Mike and Bert
0: and Rex, that's, that's yes, the one? Yes, and Frank and Jock and Blister yeah, 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 and yes, 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 yes. Um,
3: All the others. Yeah. The small boys, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I
0: believe their rails are 15-inch... It's really small. It's something along those lines. Yeah, they're basically a miniature railway except, you know, Functional. Functional, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they work as a business. Mm. Um, and this one, they we don't have that. Instead, we have narrow gauge engine searching. Yep. Which I can understand. I'm not going to put anything down, no negative points, because we didn't get the small boys, because we have got some wonderful shots in this episode, wonderful music, and they've spent a lot of money on these brand new narrow-gauge engines. Can you imagine the difficulty they'll have with miniature engines? And let us mm. not forget,
2: most of this scenery, particularly with the little miniature figures, is never seen again. We never mm. see the engines use it. So
0: yeah. yeah, and, like, we've got a large-scale Duke model, which is only seen probably about two or three more times after this. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it is a fantastic, you know, scene that we've started off with.
3: Mm. Mm, very
1: much so.
0: And we're talking only about the first probably two, three minutes here. Yep.
3: Mm. I think during the production of season four, I don't think um, Allcroft, Mitten and the rest of the gang really had any idea of um, how short the lives of these little these little narrow-gauge props would be either. Mm. I assume they were going to plan on using them properly in season five onwards but because of their um construction and just the time constraints mm. it just yeah it would have made it so much harder yeah because, particularly with operation
2: mm, because one of the issues was um as we discover in later stories of this series uh, you had to put the small narrow gauge engines next to the their larger mm. Sodor mainline counterparts like Gordon and Henry and all that and you couldn't really do that with like Two separate because what they did in the future seasons was they had these large scale models for the narrow gauge railway, mm. which were I think roughly the same size as the regular models they used, and yeah, that um, doesn't happen in season four because they've got to have you know the two narrow gauge side and, by side, yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: Fun, fun little fact on the uh, the larger props, they actually mm. use the same gauge of track. Mm. So you, you, your current ones that work with the gauge one props, mm. they're on 32mm gauge track, but as when they scaled them up, they scaled them up to, I think it's 16mm, it's mm. a very popular garden railway scale. Mm. Uh, they use the same gauge, but it just made it a lot harder to prop locos up and stuff for it, because they, they, they built their own Thomas and Percy and James mm. for it in years, but it just misses all the charm of having Henry talk to Peter Sam. It or... really does.
0: Yeah. yeah, and the thing is is that the like longer shadows cast by these smaller props, mm. it's brilliant. And we're not even done with Sleeping Beauty yet. No. So after yeah. Duke is found, he's put on a flatbed, he's carried it out to most likely the closest narrow-gauge line where he's then taken by the scar Railway, out to uh, their base of operations, Croven's Gate, mm-hmm. where two very familiar little tank engines come up to Duke. He's
4: here. Shh.
0: <laughs> You woke me up. <laughs> so Stuart and Falcon, or as they are now
2: renamed, uh, Peter Sam and Sir Handel.
0: Yeah, they they come up to Duke and wake him up, and he is now in a new home. And when he's first found, they go, the adventurers go, you know, Stuart and Falcon. They'll be you know pleased to see him, I'm like so. They did remember mm. me, and like I'm getting little shivers now yeah. b- mm. because that is mm. so like a little bit heartbreaking because they weren't going to remember him. Mm. Like... Duke
1: well, probably lo- assumed that, like, they were naive and young and that would fall back into their psyche. They'd yeah. move on, mm.
0: and, like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if Duke woke up at all and saw the state of his shed, he would have an idea on the passage of time.
3: Oh, it's still not, I don't think. Like, vaguely. He, like, went, he went to sleep, though. So for the
1: whole it, time? I reckon so, well... Be alone with his thoughts for a long time, too.
3: If you think of a loco out of fire going to sleep, it's almost like a deep sleep, really. Mm.
0: True, but but then we do have shots in the very next few seconds of Duke on a flatbed, I'm assuming not in steam, looking very happy and chirpy. So... Is that the adrenaline rush of being found?
3: Well, this is this is after they do tell him about uh, Stuart and Falcon. So yeah, and, I reckon he's still buzzing after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he,
0: he, he's being rescued and things. But this episode, you get a whole bunch of beautiful shots of the dilapidated sheds mm-hmm. that we saw in the previous episode. The very opening shot of the episode is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's one of my
3: favourites. I think my favourite shot is uh, Reneas and Skarloey carting Duke along the, uh, the narrow gauge my, line at the end of the episode.
2: My favourite is, um, and I think this one might be the one Connor's alluding to, it's when they transition out of the prelude to the story and get into the story proper and it's the camera panning up. Oh. Uh, with the river and you just see Reneus going past as well. I have got that mm. noted down because
0: yeah. it, it, like, you have got lots of movement there with mm. the windmill and you've mm. got Reneus going by and the
2: water. Well, it's the watermill technically. Oh, watermill. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, wrong one. <laughs> With the elemental mill. <laughs> you wouldn't be any good narrating Avatar: The Last Airbender. I tell you, <laughs> he's a water. I mean, an airbender. I mean, what? Which element is it?
1: <laughs> My favourite shot's the one of um, all the seekers or mm. the people looking for Duke standing on the roof of the carriage, looking up, and you can oh, see yes. the mountain in the background. That's a lovely shot. Mm.
3: Oh. I think that's a missed opportunity. I would have really loved to have seen a um a season four style figure of um the thin and fat clergyman. I reckon <laughs> oh, that would have yes. been gorgeous. Yes. because
2: those are the protagonists in the original railway mm. series story. Yes, and being based off of Teddy Boston and the Reverend. The Reverend himself, yeah. yeah. So they're essentially um like riffs or uh, meta references to mm. uh, the author and his friend. Yeah.
3: No, we get Beanie Man.
2: Beanie
1: Man. My favourite figurine. <laughs> beer gut, yeah, beanie it, loo-
3: it looks like you, Tom. It does. <laughs> but, but the, Except without uh, the
1: beer gut. i
2: will
0: shave the beard
1: off. Soon. Of the podcast. soon.
0: But, Give it 10 years. But <laughs> like the, the, the music in this episode really makes me cry a lot. And there are even some nice details, because this is a two-parter episode. And James at the start says, but first, remind us of the story so far, mm. which is really good. He's saying that for the audience's sake, rather than... How <laughs> meta. Yes. But, yes. but... But... Mm. James was not seen at all last episode. That's true. So oh. in the original
2: story, Grandpa, we saw in the sheds, it was Duck, Gordon, Thomas, Percy, Toby, and Henry. And in the second story, Sleeping you see, Beauty... You all the
0: same, except James is repla- Duck replaces...
2: James has taken
1: the place
0: of, of Duck. Duck. Yes, and James quack, is quack. the one going... Yeah, uh, can you like remind us of the
1: story so far? Mm. Duck had his buffers in out of pies. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but, but the thing is, that's a really nice little detail there on mm. how it makes sense for James to be asking about the story so far because he wasn't there.
3: I reckon mm. it's secondhand information from Duck. Yeah, <laughs> possible. Yes. Did you hear the story? What? <laughs> the story. The story.
1: Um, And Doug's
3: paraphrased it. You know, it's not the Great Western way, but...
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) mediocre. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: But uh, as with many stories by the Reverend, um, this is from the Railway Series book, Duke Lost Engine, and it is inspired by the real event where a South American engine known as, I believe it's Colonel Church uh, in South America... Uh, was abandoned for 30 years in the rainforest. And when he was eventually found, uh, this engine had a tree growing through its funnel. Ooh.
4: And it was
0: later then returned to steam and is still in in operation today. Oh, that's a happy ending. It is. and, And that story of an engine being lost for years and then eventually being found, it is... I don't say there's a bit of a romance to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I would say so. And it's it's something that I love about this episode because Mm. this episode really instilled in me my love for the abandoned and the love for finding the sort of the stuff that may
3: be lost, such as Duke. Mm. I think that's really funny because um, in New Zealand they only just dug up another locomotive from the river. Yes. This is the second one. I second, maybe third. I'm not sure.
2: Hang on, I have not totally familiar with this news. So AP, they've found a second or a third locomotive in a river.
3: So how back, did they get there in the first place? Back back in the day when New Zealand was looking at upgrading their locomotives and rolling stock, these mm. are very old locos. Mm. Um, the scrap price at the time was horrendously low. So what they thought is essentially, we, if we put them in a river. We can use them to hold up the banks, you know, yes. instead of it eroding and getting rid of. These things have lasted. Yonks underneath the mud and stuff, it's protected them. And uh, only now we are digging out all these old locos. Um, I think the original was like a, I think it's called a Rogers D or something like that. Mm. It's this beautiful old American loco. And they dug it up ages back and now it's restored quite like um, your South American story. mm and, uh, yeah, no, it's... There,
0: there, there are actually a fair few lost engines out mm. there for those that are interested. Um, I know in London uh, they used to have essentially their own version of the Eiffel Tower basically there. And then there was a very small, I believe it was an 040 tank engine, uh, Loco, that worked to help with the construction and deconstruction. And then what happened was that was eventually... Uh, demolished and they put a stadium up there. And apparently that engine was buried underneath the foundations. Ooh. So if you're looking in London, you have that. However, there is another lost engine in New Zealand. Apparently it used to be a salt, not a fertiliser plant, I think it was. And what happened was another little loco. Um, they had about two or three of them. And when they were expanding the, pl- the platform one day, um, they had a big hole in the ground. One of them was ready for scraps. They dumped it in the hole and expanded the platform over it. And now there is a shopping centre and car park built over it. But a lot of people are campaigning to go looking for that lost engine, especially because there are people out there that are saying
2: that they actually helped bury this loco. It just seems like such a waste. I mean, you've got this beautiful piece of machinery which costs like hundreds, if not thousands of pounds to build, and all you do is just dump it. You know, you you don't think to yourself, this could have a second life, or I could take it apart and sell it for scrap. You just think, no, we'll just throw it in the river like it's a gun in the Irishman. You know, no one will ever find it there. No one will ever care. Just...
1: Ridiculous. It's all about modernization back then.
2: I'm throwing out a lot of references to Oscar nominees today. You, <laughs> you, you are. Are. You're, you're you're are. coming off a high. I am. I really am. Um, but rankings, guys. I'll start again. Um, I'd like to give Sleeping Beauty an 8 out of 10. It doesn't really have as meaty a story as Grand Puff does, but, again, scenery, music, uh, the pacing, all wonderful.
0: Denim?
1: Yeah, I really enjoy this story as well, and I think it resolves the story really nicely, and both stories together feel really uniform. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to give it a 9. AP?
3: I think I'm going to give this one a 9, because as much as the other one's good and all, I think this one wraps the whole story up in a nice bow, and it just goes with a really heartfelt ending.
0: So eight, nine, nine, ten. Oh. oh! Yeah. So uh, that I, averages about nine for all of us. Oh, then. yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I I love this episode. It has got some, you know, brilliant shots, brilliant little effects of the water going over the shed, got large-scale models. It's got music that actually made me cry a little bit. It, it has executed the story perfectly well, even with the restrictions that they've got. And I really can't find any fault in it. It's got brilliant real-life connections. I would have loved to see the miniature railway in there, but the thing is is that I understand that it would have been impossible to do, or mm. near impossible at least. Mm. And it's like a reunion story at the same time. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Well said. Thank you.
2: And I think that brings us quite neatly and nicely to our musical interlude that we love to have here on Right On Track. And what have we got organised for this week? Uh, This is actually AP's choice.
4: Yeah. Yeah. There he goes. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is uh, Sudrin Afro's Taking Flight.
3: Oh, we love Sudrin Afro. Thanks, Ty. You're a legend. (laughs) This is Right On Track. Yeah, we are. (laughs) That was
2: taking flight by Sudrian Afro, who's of course best known for doing his uh, compositions of the original Thomas the Tank Engine series. But that was an original of his Mm, and a really funky one at that. So I enjoyed it. I was getting Daft Punk vibes. Anybody else? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I feel that too. Okay, so we've been through the music. We've been through the first two episodes of season four. Now it's time for... Uh, Yeah, our third episode. We're about 50 minutes in. Yep.
0: Uh, AP, what's our next episode? Ah,
3: Bulldog. Yep. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Bulldog. Yes. For right on track, this is pretty derailed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you listened to any of the previous pods?
3: Yeah, obviously. Yeah,
0: obviously. Uh, yes, Bulldog. And in this clip, you're going to be listening to the manager. Talk to Sir Handel, who's still quite young on the <coughs> Falcon. F- Falcon. 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 Mm.
2: Mm. Who, who's still... Vi- Vulcan Is it's, this Star Trek
3: now? No, no, no. This no, no, is no. a matter of oh. stickers, guys. So.
2: <laughs> okay, so in Australia, we say Falcon, because that's what the car is called. But obviously, in the UK,
5: they say Falcon. Falcon. Mm. Falcon The manager came to see him Falcon, I'm pleased with your work so far Now you must learn a difficult part of the line We call it the mountain road Falcon was excited Yes, please, sir So tomorrow, continued the manager When you have a new coat of paint, you will go on it Duke will explain everything Huh, thought Falcon Duke's an old fusspot The next day came Listen, warned Duke, the mountain road is difficult. I'll lead. No, replied Falcon, I'll lead. How can I learn the route with you lumbering ahead and blocking the view? Suit yourself, said Duke. But never mind the view, look at the track. Hmm,
2: look at the track, he says. Indeed. Could that be a Chekhov's gun, possibly? Mm. Never mind the view. Yeah, never mind the view. Okay. Where were we? Oh, yes, of course. Yes, Bulldog. Bulldog. (laughs) uh, Third episode of the fourth series of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Like uh, the last two episodes we covered, it is based off a story in Duke the Lost Engine. And as we heard there, Falcon has been tasked with going along a new mountain pass, or a pass that's new to him anyway, and he's getting Duke to help him. And rather than sit behind Duke and let him take the reins, it's Falcon who sits in front... So that, well, I mean, it gives a pretty good reasoning, all right? He yeah, needs he, to see where the line's going. He needs, going. To, he needs, to, needs learn to learn the line. It. Yeah, but what happens is that after he comes out of a long curved, curved tunnel, tunnel, he finds himself dangling precariously over the edge of a rather steep cliff, and it's up to Duke to hold back. Hold him, him back. back, yeah. Mm. It
1: Did is... you rehearse this, guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> we finish
0: each,
2: each
1: other's... other's Sandwiches!
0: Sandwiches. Yes. yes! We somehow managed to get that. That was awesome.
2: <laughs> Anyways, I um, love Arrested Development references. Composing, composing. I thought you were
1: referencing Frozen.
2: No, they referenced Arrested Development. Thank you very much. Hi, uh, okay, boys, boys. So,
0: Bulldog. Duke is showing Falcon a brand new uh, re- route to him. Root. Route. Root. Uh, R-O, you
2: take Root.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, and Falcon being a little bit young, he, he's sort of like jumping about a bit. He's like, oh, what's this? What's this? I want to see the view. And because of that, he isn't careful and he nearly falls off a cliff to his death.
3: Hmm...
4: Yeah. That's my contribution. If I'm not
3: mistaken, I think the reason he came off the track was uh, in the in the books, obviously. It was plate layers tools or something like that. Apparently, left yes. Yes. That so, is correct, yeah. Mm.
0: It's not his fault at all. However, he still gets the blame for it, really.
3: But um, he wasn't
1: looking at the tracks. So, yeah,
0: yeah. He, he, he could have gone, ah, uh, there's plate layers tools. Guys, a little bit of help here. Uh, he could have, but he didn't because he sucks.
3: He wants to get out. He wants to get out. <laughs> I
0: know. Um, anyways, Duke then holds him back. Duke runs out of water. Luckily, there's a workman's cottage, literally a stone's throw away. Mm. Uh, they do a bucket of water chain. Then all of a sudden, Duke's able to pull him back, and then they continue on down the line. Well,
2: if he's low on water, he's not going to be able to produce steam.
0: But yes, yes, I, I, I know. <laughs> I know how trains work.
2: Okay, but
4: not, not, not all locomotives. Not all locomotives our, not,
2: work. Not all of our listeners might. Okay, good so, point. So, yeah. so you see,
4: okay, the as, power we, steam.
2: A, <laughs> as we as we as we've previously previously discussed here <sighs> on Rice on Track, steam engines operate by having steam by having coal shoveled into a firebox and having the fire that's there uh, heat up the water which is in the boiler and then it's the steam that's produced by that water, which uh, then feeds the traction to the wheels, which then keeps the train going. That that was
4: terrible. Much better.
2: There we are. Um, so I'm just going to wipe the germs off my whistle there. There yeah. we go. Um,
0: yeah. germs. <laughs> so, so, and then, you know, Falcon's like, hey, thanks for saving me. And Duke's like,
2: yeah, you just got painted. And, and okay, so the joke, the, the joke there is at the beginning of the episode because again, this is another story where Thomas is actually relaying a tale that his driver told him, and yes. Percy is complaining because his driver's late and he's got a new coat of paint. He and wants he everyone wants, to see it, and he, yeah, he wants to show it off. And so yeah, that last line there is sort of like the moral of the story. You know, yeah, don't the, be. I
0: completely forgot about.
2: Yeah, don't be too. Confident to show off, I think, is what it's yeah, trying to say. Yeah,
0: I, I, I do understand that. And and the start of the episode's really good. In fact, it's got uh, what was my screensaver for a long time um, with the engines at the like going to sleep and waking up. It's yes. amazing. Um, but how this works is that, um, you know, Percy's there complaining. Going, where's my driver? Gordon goes sleeping. One of my favourite lines. And Thomas like, eh, pass the time. Tell you another story about mm. Duke. And then Toby goes, Duke, our d- hero. D- 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 you mean our hero? Mm. It's like hey, you just heard about him. Like he probably just a dropped week his ago. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like I mean, is he now the hero? Like, I don't really understand how Duke's a hero.
2: He's the hero of the rails. He's the hero of all the engine because <laughs> he's the oldest engine on Sodor. The master of the rails.
0: No, I, don't, I don't think, I think we're eight not... seasons out
3: from that, Tom. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Settle
3: down there, man. This okay. is getting
2: too complicated. Okay, so essentially it's a story within a story, again. Yes. And that line at the end is trying to hammer home the moral of the story, which is alluded to at the beginning. Yes,
0: there Done. we are. Mm. Um. It has got a few qualms with me that I don't like. Okay. So, one, uh, Thomas goes in his narration, back when Peter Sam was Stuart and Sir Handel called Falcon... Yes, we haven't been... Introduced we don't to know them. that they are called that yet. Yes.
1: Do you reckon that these episodes were scheduled to be shown later after the, like, four little engines? I believe
2: they were. Yeah. So I believe they were going to put them after we were introduced to Scar, Loey, etc. Mm. I cetera.
0: I, I do agree with you there. And I also have got a little bit of a note on um the the release of these episodes because, you know, Thomas, it's a well-known UK thing. mm However, for some reason, and I'm not mad about this, I'm just confused, the US got the first two episodes, uh, Sleeping Beauty and Grandpuff, about a few months before the UK, and then with Bulldog and the episodes subsequently afterwards, they got these episodes a year after the UK. Oh, wow. Over a year after. Which is... What?
2: Imagine if that happened today. Like, if it was a show like Adventure Time or Gravity Falls and they show these two episodes uh, several months beforehand and then didn't show the subsequent episodes until several months after they'd aired originally. Great choice, by the way.
3: Steven Universe. (coughs) (laughs) Hang on,
2: Sorry, Steven Universe is a great show as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's got it.
3: massive, massive gaps in production time. It does actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: so good on you for bringing that up. Um, but but yes. Damn you, Cartoon Network! <laughs> calm down, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the cartoon uh, gods. Once again, we've got. Some beautiful views mm. of the mountains, the hills. We got a really nice one when Duke and Falcon are going around a corner. There's a tree there.
1: It's a little reminiscent to uh, Thomas Goes Fishing as well. It
0: is mm. a little bit. And um, when um, Falcon is derailed, you have details of falling rock. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like, the main thing is that model is probably about two or three feet off the ground. Like, it's a pretty far back shot. Mm. I will
3: say this. It is brass, though. So if it had fallen off for any reason, it wouldn't be too hard to fix.
2: It wouldn't be too hard to fix. Mm. But still brave. And just for um, a little bit of um, extra information for our listeners, AP has actually brought in, like, a completely knocked down kit of one of these Narrow gauge engines, and yeah, it is made it's of It's brass. Sir Handle.
3: It is a make your own Sir Handle kit. Uh, yes. It is beautiful.
2: <laughs> we, we, we we will be covering that in a little bonus
0: episode for yeah, you yes, guys. Yes, we will. Mm. But
2: returning to yes. Bulldog. Yes. Re- re- returning to Bulldog.
0: Um, there are that this is based on a true event, of course. Uh, on the Festiniog. Festiniog. Festiniog.
1: Festiniog. <sighs>
2: I only said it once there. That that is how they pronounce it. Festinyog. Oh
1: sorry, I'm thinking of fakwa.
0: For festininynog. Anyways, uh, is where Duke Spaces, Prince, was uh double heading a train with an 040, I believe it was, called Linda. And then what happened was Linda then jumped off the rails and then Prince needed to hold Linda back from falling off this cliff
2: face. Which is interesting because, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I have been on the Festignog Railway, and really the only steep decline or incline I can remember is when it's going across the causeway
4: mm. in front of
2: the ocean there. Mm. Unless I... I mean, I mean I'm sure of like it, it, hills it, and stuff like that. It wasn't
0: more so a cliff, but it was a very, very steep hill. Yeah,
2: so it wasn't like the cliff mm. you can see in Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends here. It, it's Dog. only like these like small hills, really, and the mm-hmm. Blenet, just um, in your railway.
0: But um, one thing I love about this, and this is my new headcanon. Head cannon. In yeah, In real life, uh, the place where the accident occurred is now called Linda's Leap. So... I like to believe that on uh, this sort of what I'm assuming would now be a pathway or something up in the old midsodle railway is called Falcon's Fall.
4: Ooh, Ooh.
0: I like that. I I, I, I,
3: I like the idea.
1: Falcon fell for Linda who leaped for him.
3: Tom no. <laughs> Tom. You can save this for DeviantArt. Denim. not here, okay? <laughs> okay.
1: Calm down. Oh, wow, DeviantArt There's a whole nother stream of Thomas. Uh, uh, can we please not get into anyways, that? Anyways,
3: anyways, anyways, anyways.
2: Thomas and Rosie. Veto, no, veto, no. veto.
0: Vamp, vamp, vamp. It's a Shima. Anyways, so <laughs> what um, happens is that at the end of the top station, um, you know, the, the manager's like, I'm so sorry about what happened. But the passengers are actually quite happy. They go, Duke, he stood firm like a bulldog and, you know, he didn't let go. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> now, da, 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 da. that is a reference to the saying of uh, the breeder bulldog, which is popular in the UK, even a symbol of it at times, mm-hmm. um, that this bulldog, it's said not to let go after, like, bite something. Mm. So he didn't let go of Falcon at all. And he didn't bite him. No, no, he didn't. He pushed him. <laughs> and um,
2: hold him, thank you.
1: I could just imagine just, the um, you, you, you know the um Muppets two meme with the evil comet oh, they yeah. saying "Push him." Juice <laughs> <laughs> didn't
3: it. finish the job.
0: Um, but there is another detail here, because there is a very very slight scene that's often overlooked here, which is the water bucket chain,
4: mm. which mm. is
0: when all of the people from the workmen's are using buckets of water to refill. Uh, Duke's water. Yes. And this is a reference to a film, most likely. Um, It's a reference to a 1952 film called The Titfield Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah. And what this film is, it is based on the restoration of the Tellin Railway. So there is a very good chance that it is referencing a scene in that movie because that movie is based on one of the railways.
2: And speaking of movie references, you might have heard that little... (whistles) ..in the clip earlier. That is the same um, little soundbite which is based off of the theme from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. The Clint Eastwood... Yeah, the Clint Eastwood Western movie, which they first used in One Good Turn...
4: Mm. And it sounds yeah.
2: really out of place here. Jeez. I don't know why it just doesn't sound like a block. It's, it's meant to make it,
3: it ominous.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's what Falcon's thinking. That's why he's mm. like, "Oh, Duke." <laughs> <laughs> <Wah,
4: wah, wah. laughs>
1: Again, barbershop quartet. It works <laughs> every time. We're bringing a guest. Yeah, we need a barbershop quartet.
0: Uh, if you would like to apply to be one of our top new singers here on Right On Track Idol...
3: We, we do have a corner right over on the other side of the uh, recording studio for you. <laughs> yeah. There's no microphone, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: You can just be there, then every time Denim brings up... Uh, what What's it called? It's a... a uh, better... better uh, something, no, whatever. It'll come to me, yeah. It will never come to me. <laughs> uh, they'll just go and slap him. Yeah. But... It's
1: on
3: his lips. I can see
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to resist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You <laughs> gotta resist. Feel the power of the dark side. It, so, like, were we it talk- has the
3: best
1: uh, scene, though, in all of Thomas. What, the Star Wars one with the <laughs> Emperor? <laughs> no, no. When he, he, They're all going over the viaduct. It becomes a major oh, series yeah, right? Series yeah,
0: yeah goodness sake now
2: let's get back to what we Ratings were just, yes
0: rating <laughs> okay let's um, unless anyone wants to bring anything else up to this already extraordinary no, no,
2: long episode no 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 we've covered everything we Actually, have here I've got here. A
0: here. no
1: here no no no, no 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 okay 7 <laughs> out of 10 um, 7.5. Okay, Dylan. 8 out of 10. Okay, AP. And I'm going to go 8.5.
0: Okay. Oh, interesting. Brilliant. And now we're quickly moving on to the next episode, which is... You Can't Win. No, yes I can.
5: Jew didn't feel well. He was short of steam and glad of a rest. His driver and fireman had just finished clearing his tubes when Stuart bustled in. Hello, Grandpa, he teased. -"Are you short of Puff?" -"Nothing of the sort. This is routine maintenance." -"Tell you what," went on Stuart. -"You're getting old. We must take care of you in case you break down." -"Humph!" boosted Duke. -"That'll be the day." Duke couldn't stay cross for long. It was a lovely evening. -"Couldn't be better, couldn't be better," he chuntered happily. They began to climb, but Juke didn't mind. I've plenty of steam, he puffed. We'll be up in a couple of puffs. But soon, Duke's puffs changed to wheezes. His valves were leaking steam. It's not so easy, it's not so easy, he croaked. But I'll manage. At last, they reached the station. Duke's driver examined him carefully. Anxious passengers waited for news. Duke is going to take you to the harbour, but he might be late, said the guard. So two engines are coming to help. You'll still catch your boat.
2: Speak of the devil and the devil shall appear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were talking about better late than ever before, and there's the theme, the viaduct theme again. Oh, it started something,
4: um...
1: but not as a key change. Yes, Yes. it was a nice
2: key change. Season
1: four repairs. Okay, there's a a
2: lot to unpack in that particular scene there, but um, let's begin with the story recap. I I,
0: I say we should start the very start, Yes, which is there is no standard gorge interaction this episode. Standard Gauge. gauge. Gauge interaction. In fact, this is the very first episode where a standard gauge engine doesn't speak.
2: Mm. And the narrator just says, this is a story about Duke. Duke is the hero of all engines. Yes. It's like, is he really? <laughs>
0: okay. Well, and I
3: mean, they've, they've they've sort of laid this down for three extra episodes, yeah. but, you know.
2: And this here is a spin on the previous story. So, whereas it was uh, Falcon getting his comeuppets from Duke, this time it's Stuart who gets his comeuppets from His Grace. Uh and we see well, we heard in the clip there. Peter Sam, who sounds suspiciously like James, a young James, yeah. a young, a young James, James. making Unnamed fun James. of a duke, and he returns with his really gruff, nothing good of sort there. And um, yeah, he's not feeling well, essentially. So when they get to the station, they call upon Stuart and Falcon. I don't know how to yeah. um, because. Well, what era is this taking place? It wouldn't be.
0: Uh, this is during. Uh, this would be before the 1940s, so it would be probably during. I would just say early 1900s. Yeah, so
2: how would they get word down the line that they need Stuart and Falcon in that short amount of time, I wonder? <laughs> Morse code. Okay. Yeah. And it's more telegram. like a. That's what it pretty
1: sounds like, Oh look, guys, I got a telegram. <laughs>
4: oh wait, <that> was <laughs> angry fax. <laughs> All right,
2: and so it happens that um, Stuart and Falcon they take uh, Duke back down the hill. Uh, Falcon takes the passengers to their ferry or ship back to the mainland. Yeah,
0: which we never ever see but, or hear of.
2: But that's okay. And then Stuart helps Duke home, but. As it happens, Duke has enough steam left to not only pull his train, but to push Stuart along with him. He just sounds worse mm. than he actually
0: is. And he makes such a noise. And it is an absolutely mind-boggling, beautiful scene. Mm. Um, and then at the very end, um, there's a little father and son. And it's like, Daddy, dad, what, why is like Duke being so loud? Mm. And it's like, well, you see, so, it's, uh, Peter Sam broke down and you need to
2: help him. It's like uh, Time for Trouble all over again.
4: Yes, it, is. it yes. is.
1: It's interesting looking at the scene now. There's this weird kind of sepia wash. Yes. yes. It, Why is that? It
4: because seems, it's in the olden yeah, days. it seems oh,
0: very olden day. Even though in the background
2: you can see Thomas. Quite clearly, yeah. Yes. Who yeah. has a branch line,
4: yes. apparently,
1: now. Uh, Thomas yeah. was in the olden days. He yeah. was.
0: Yeah, he was built in 1911 and then he arrived on Sodor sometime afterwards. Mm. <laughs>
1: Makes sense. Now,
2: yeah. one interesting thing you mentioned, Connor, before we came to record this podcast, was that when Peter Sam uh, hears this father and son, you mm. know, explaining what happened, he says in response, fiddlesticks. It yes,
0: is. yes. Mm. Uh, he says fiddlesticks much like Mavis. However, afterwards... Um, What he actually was originally supposed to say in the book, and please don't edit this, he actually said... No, 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 he didn't say that. No, no. Um, he oh, actually. Was to say. No,
2: no, he actually said. Thank you, Connor, that's it. No, we
4: don't need to hear it. For
0: crying out loud. Oh, is that
2: what he said? Yeah, he said
0: for crying out loud. I, that was it.
2: Oh, okay. I thought he said another word starting with F, but we don't need to go into that now. Yes.
4: Flounce.
2: <laughs> yeah, for crying out loud hmm. is what was said. Okay. But I think fiddlesticks rolls off the tongue better,
3: and it, it, it's really fun to say as well. Yeah. Angelus does it does it so much yeah. justice. Fiddlesticks, yeah. fiddlesticks. <laughs>
0: fiddlesticks, Um But
3: fiddlesticks. yes, this
0: episode it has got a brilliant little you, you know like story too. It's got a progression, um, and. It has got some of the best shots and sounds in mm. the entire mm. series, I'd say, yeah. especially Ooh. the shot of Duke going up the very steep incline, which, AP, you just mentioned about yeah. before.
3: Um, with that scene, as, as as with Gordon's Hill, they um, they shot that almost on the flat, and uh, essentially all the trees were tilted over for that for It was that a
0: very windy shot. day. <laughs> mm.
3: Um I think with models like that, you kind of need to make sure they're on flat ground. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then they yeah. just
2: sort of just have everything. They have a Dutch angle, yeah. yeah, to yeah. record it.
3: Yeah. Uh, um, a
2: Dutch angle being a slanted camera. Yeah, look at you with all your fancy camera terms.
1: Yeah, yeah this We're, is what, we have to have a media
3: boffin in here. Well, yeah, that's we what
2: that's what happens when you're an accredited film critic. You know, you just fill yourself with knowledge, and then you just
3: watch Thomas episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but
0: like the thing is, is that there are some. Other amazing shots, such as the causeway lakeside. Which is the first appearance. Yes, it is. Mm. Uh, You also get the shots of the picnic area, forest. Yes. Especially with the shot that they copy a fair few times, where you're actually looking down onto the engine as it's moving through the forest. That reminds me of
1: the Dandenong set shot.
0: It really does. Mm. For those who don't know, here in uh, Melbourne, Australia, we've got a place called the Dandenong Ranges that very much has got the same atmosphere. There you are.
3: With um, a narrow-gauge train as well.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, where a few of us actually, like, do work and do stuff at. So. Hello. Yeah, and, and and now me as well. <laughs> Woo! Hello. I, I'm
2: the odd one out because I've been on the railway twice, but I've never volunteered there. So. Join us. <laughs> no,
3: I, I, don't, I don't work there either, but uh, hmm. I work with enough trains for it to be okay. Okay. <laughs> <It does>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but anyways, one thing I find interesting about this episode is there's a bit of, like, Not ageism, but age mockery. Yeah. Where Peter Sam's like, you're getting old, you know, we're going to need to look after you. And Duke's like, no, I can look after myself.
2: Mm.
0: It's, you know... This is elder
2: abuse is what it It, is. It
3: really is.
0: (laughs) And, like, the thing is, is they make fun of him and then as Duke's going up the hill, you've got the key change. Where the repairs theme, repairs, (laughs) denim. uh, The repairs theme, it, it has a key change down down and down as Duke slowly gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And then you have Stuart and Falcon come along. You've got some more wonderful shots. And then the cavalcade, big word, split up, uh, where Falcon takes the people to the boat. No idea where that is. Maybe it's at the wharf. Then Stuart and Duke go back to the last station, which is the same set as Croven's Gate. Yes. Yeah, and then Stuke is still mocking Uh, Stuart still mocking Duke, but Duke and his driver has a plan. Mm. And when going around probably the tallest and curvest mountain road Mm. there is, an unsafest looking one at all because there's no safety railing there, Mm. there is this sound where they go, Now, there's a sun zoom in on Duke. Mm. There is steam everywhere the sound echoes and amplifies as Duke starts pushing and pulling the entire train by himself, proving that he may be old, but he can still do
3: things. I'm mm. just trying to remember. Was Peter Sam in front of Duke or was yes. Duke in front? Okay. Yeah. Well, shame there's no plate layers tools on that track. Duke <laughs> could finish the job. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> I um, tried
3: it once. <laughs> I can do it again. <laughs> I will kill again, he said.
0: But but there is one part about this episode that really gets me, and that is Duke's magic powers of teleportation.
2: Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about here. It's how he somehow is able to uncouple himself from Stuart and then reverse out with the coaches and then appear beside him.
0: All in a matter of seconds, assumably. Yes. At the very, you know, end of the episode, just as... um. J- just as Peter Sam says, what then happens is that steam goes up and then Duke pulls up alongside Peter Sam going, you know, you can't win. Yes.
1: That raises the question, did he need the help at all in the first place?
0: I, or did Ooh. he fake it?
1: Mm. <laughs> he faked it. Ooh. He's pulling a sickie. Mm. No, no, no,
0: no.
2: I would like to say that he did need it. Well, that, that if he is faking it, though, that would explain why Stuart and Falcon got there so quickly. It's because they or someone else anticipated that a Duke would need the help
1: home. Mm. Or he had enough time to regain his energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's mm. what I'm thinking. He regained his energy. That and they're going
1: down the hill.
4: Yeah.
0: So you don't need as much effort there. Mm. But it is an amazing episode. It's got, I would say, out of... The uh, You Can't Win and Bulldog is probably the better of the two, I would say. Okay. Mm. Definitely, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, rankings. I'll start off, I'll give it a
2: 9.5. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Um, I actually prefer Bulldog to really? You Can't Win. Yeah, so. Is it the sense of murder that could no, be about to occur no, in no, it? No no, 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 no. It's the sense of deja vu, I think. So it's all like, I feel like What's it think- the sense of? Déjà vu. What's it the sense of? Oh, for goodness sake! <laughs> <laughs> Fiddlesticks. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's just I just feel like I've um, seen this story before, and it's all like being rehashed. But again, visuals, music, uh, all brilliant. So seven out of ten. Mm. Seven out of ten is not a bad score. It's a good score, mm. well, especially for you know season
0: four. Like mm. remember any score we give season four, you know. Add five, and that would be our ranking if it was in season three.
2: Uh, I don't know. It's one or two. I will get to them later, don't (laughs) worry.
4: Okay. So, Denim.
1: I think one of my favourite scenes in this story is uh, when Falcon and Stuart come to help Duke and you have that whole sequence of all three engines connected together and moving along. It's a beautiful little montage. Mm. Um, But I really enjoy this story. I really enjoy the... I guess, the the friendly rivalry that's going on, um, and there's a lot of interesting character development, and you get to see a bit more Stuart, which we haven't seen in the previous episodes. Out of everything we've reviewed today, I enjoy Grand and Sleeping Beauty more, mm. but that is mm. not to say... I enjoy this story as well, so I'm going to give it a 7.5.
0: Yeah, Grand Puff and Sleeping Beauty, they're still better than You Can't Win in Bulldog. Wow, You Can't Win in Bulldog, it's You Can't Win for me. Okay, AP. I think,
3: as as much as you guys are giving this, not as much. I'm thinking either a 9.5 or a 10 for this one. Ooh. Primarily for the fact it's a very Audrey story. It's yes, very, it is. It, the setup is there. The punchline is there. Mm. It is a joke in its purest form. Mm. And also Peter Sam, gets the butt of the joke, which... Yeah, love you, Peter Sam, but you kind (laughs) of suck. You're you're a
0: real jerk in this episode, Peter Sam. So nine point five or ten? Yeah, yeah. Well, which one? Or you can go nine point seven
3: five. Do ten.
0: We'll go ten. Woo! (laughs) Fantastic. And that's the end of the the first episode of series four. Yes,
2: episode
1: twenty-five overall. Woo! Where. climbing along, it's like...
0: We say that every episode. I know,
1: but like I still can't, kind of. I I have to pinch myself at the night time. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) This is honestly yeah, amazing. Thank you everyone for uh, tuning in where we have covered... We
2: have covered in today's episode of Right On Track, Grandpa, Sleeping Beauty, Bulldog and You Can't Win. And in our next episode we shall be looking at Four Little Engines, A Bad Day for Sir Handel, and Peter, Sam, and a Refreshment Lady. Yes. Mm. Uh, If
0: you want to keep up with us, talk to us wherever you want, we are on the socials. So our Twitter is at OnTrackThomas.
1: Our Instagram, if you're hip and you like me, is TTTE underscore right on track. And our Facebook
2: page is facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. And of course, we have an email as well, which is rightontrackthomas at gmail.com. And we can
0: also find us on the SYN website, syn.org.au and AP Aussie Prick. Mm. Is there anything you want to promote?
3: I don't know. Maybe my, my Twitter? Ad. Tasty Prickles, no (laughs) numbers, no numbers, guys. So it's just at Tasty Prickles.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no numbers, no ones, no zeros afterwards. No.
3: No capitals. The original and the best. Mm. I I will have to uh, add you in uh, because it is a private account, but uh, Mm. yeah, apart from that, all the Photoshop goodness you could ever want.
0: Just say you you (laughs) were added to us, uh, like you you were like, hey, I heard you on the pod. Come, Mm. yeah, you're pretty cool, man. Yeah, uh, yeah um, afterwards we will be doing a little bonus thing with AP here about all
2: his wonderful stuff he's brought in, but mm. that's for another time. Yeah. So, AP, we need to thank you very much for coming into the studio yes. and chatting with us today. It no. has been an absolute pleasure Thanks for inviting to you. me, guys. I yes. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And it's been very special. We've, into season four, we've covered four really great stories and I've had a ton of fun. Me too, oh. yes.
0: This is honestly a strong start to the season and... I've got a good feeling that this is the best one that we'll have yet. But I in the meanwhile, so. I'm still Connor.
3: I'm still Parry. I'm still denim, and I'm possibly not alive. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to Run Track Podcast, guys. Adios. Now fit the